Welcome to the One Day at a Time podcast, where we forget about yesterday, we don't worry about tomorrow, it's what are we going to do today that's all that matters, because you've only ever had, or will ever have, the fantastic 24 hours a day you're about to embark on. So hopefully, this episode is going to give you some daily dose of wisdom that you can take action on today to improve your life. And remember, all it takes is one day at a time. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a beautiful start to the day, and I hope yesterday was a good start to the week. I had a hell of a start to the week yesterday. I hit 10,000 steps, and and it's the first time I've done it in a while. I've been hitting six, seven, eight, but I've hit 10,000 easily yesterday, walking in the sun. It was great. Um, hit my macros. I tracked everything, even though, like, you know, I felt a bit peckish going into the evening, and I had a bowl of Cheerios, yes, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but I tracked it, and it's still within my goals, and I just felt it overall on top of things, going into Tuesday, way better, so if any of you are thinking, oh, I can't get into it, one good day, hitting the goals you've set out, so I went to the gym, I did my steps, hit my macros, tracked even when I when I didn't plan to have Cheerios, but I did add it in, um, just track it all and do it. You feel amazing. It's just one day. It's easy to get back on it and feel momentum building after one day. So please do it. Uh, did the call with the turtle, the newbie turtles yesterday. And a few things coming up that might be helpful for you. So a lot of people, you know, weekends are coming out, drinking, eating out with friends. Reduce your macros Monday to Thursday. Reduce your carbs 50 grams a day, fat 10 grams a day. Save it for the weekend. It's all about the averages when it comes to carbs and fats and calories in general. But also we do need protein to be consistent every day because protein, um, if we can hit protein, you know, 70, 80, whatever your goal is per day, and then your fat and carbs are lower some days, higher other days, that's great. That's where we want to be at. But don't sacrifice protein because it's important for making sure you feel fuller for longer. Um, great for muscle building and recovery and there's really an Instagram post we got coming out today or tomorrow on a study done on um, two groups of people so it was a four-week study one group was in a low protein group the other group was in a high protein group but both were in a deficit and after four weeks the the high protein group lost 1.3 kilos more fat than the low protein but the low protein group still lost fat but actually the high protein group gained 1.1 kilos more of muscle versus the low protein group over four weeks. Now, studies have limitations, and I'm not saying the studies bang on perfect, but it's given us an indication of the power of making sure we do maintain a high protein diet within a deficit. It's very, very important. Um, other questions are about, you know, goals and performance and maintenance. When you go to maintenance, you need to switch your mindset. Think performance-based. Think you're gonna be stronger, you're gonna have more carbs, you're gonna feel better, more energy. Put that to use get to the gym, hit hard at home, do whatever you're doing workout-wise, hit it hard, focus on performance, don't focus so much on weight, yeah, your weight will go up in maintenance, you'll be storing more water and stuff like that, so just make sure you you, you switch your mindset, um, then it was another thing about like training for running, training for muscle gain, and really like it's tough to really give 100% individual advice without really knowing everything about your training and stuff like that but in general and Lyle says this as well if you want to maintain something to so say no you've been doing weightlifting four times a week if you want to maintain the gains you've made you can train twice a week right as long as you hit your weight you're still using a decent weight as long as you're still doing the good movements like the compounds you can drop your weight training to like twice a week and maintain what you've done because maintenance is a lot easier than gaining muscle or gaining strength right 
and then you can actually do running for three or four times a week. So really the number per week is if you can do something three times a week plus, you're going to start to get better at it. Now this isn't like 100% based on evidence, but kind of what Lyle was saying and kind of what I've seen as well through members is, and myself, if I can do something three times a week consistently, I'm going to be making gains in that thing. Um, and if I want to switch it up and I want to improve something else, then maybe I'll drop something down like running to twice a week and I'll put my training up to four times a week in the gym. And if I want to focus on running and I don't have enough energy or time to do both, then I'll drop my weights to twice and run into four times. Does that make sense? So really think of what your goal is for the next six weeks. We got our run in June, June the 4th, whatever it is, which is about six weeks away. Max has posted a new running plan. So really it's a great time in six weeks, guys, all of you are capable in six weeks of being able to run a 5K, even if it's super slow. Like when we do the run in June, we're gonna have people doing it really slow. We're gonna have people walking it. We're gonna have people trying to beat their PR with Max, whatever it's gonna be. We're gonna have different groups. But it's gonna be fun for all of us. There's no pressure to outdo someone or run super fast so it's great to be there and even if you want to walk 5k and uh, we'll have we'll have all sorts of different things there as well so that's something to think about and um really that was it like protein intake wise people have been hitting the protein intake most of the time which is great really it's just like the new lifestyle we all got coming up now with covid lockdown easing and going be able to go to eat and and drink and stuff it's really about at the end of the day it's about thinking we think we're rational and stuff like that and we always say stuff and I go I don't know how many times I, I, I have this conversation with friends like yeah yeah I don't want to go I don't want to drink too much this weekend I want to stay on track I go right okay cool three drinks down the down the hatch and then you know then it's junk food central no care for the world because alcohol does that it just makes decision making terrible so we have to be rational and be like let's not kid ourselves when we go to the weekends and let's not just be like yeah I'll just have one you're not going to just have one most of the time when your friends are out and it's the first first night out back or whatever it is. It's really about planning before that moment. And that's what I think the eating less macros in the week helps. And then really being able to put like stop gaps. What's the stop gap you're going to do in the night out? Like one piece of advice I give someone was that, you know, they were eating a lot of cheese and olives and stuff and wine on the weekends because, you know, unbelievable. I love them as well. It was amazing. Apart from olives, cheese board. Cheese bud, a baguette, and wine. Unbelievable. Anyway, no idea what the macros are, of course. But what a good thing to do is, and I believe this is about everything. Like, if you are going to be doing something or in your job, in your hobby, you want to learn the history of that subject. Like, you want to learn all the history about it because you're going to get a much deeper understanding. I'm not saying you need the history of olives or wine or cheese, but you want to know background kind of like what the macros are. Because if you have that knowledge, it's not as if, I'm not saying you have to be obsessed and stuff like that, but if you just did in the week, just, you know what, I want to I find out, like, how many calories are in, like, a full bowl of olives? And how many calories are in all of these cheese bits that you can buy as a bundle from, like, Sainsbury's? And add it all up and go, well, in total, the macros are this. Then in the back of your head, you know, when you're having these days out, you're like, well, actually, I can actually have half of that. I can have half of the olive bowl. I can have half the cheeses. I can have a bottle of wine. And actually, you know, then in the back of your head, that's maybe just over maintenance or whatever. And knowing that piece of information, even though you're not tracking on MyFitnessPal or our app when it comes out, you're still kind of making a check mark of it in your head. And that can go such a long way. For me, I would love, to, I would way prefer to know where I'm at than be confused and in the guessing game and no idea and all it takes is being a bit curious like 
Be curious about the macros and things. Don't see it as a negative, obsessive thing. Do you brush your teeth twice a day? Well, you better had. <laughs> you, I hope you do. Are you obsessed with brushing your teeth? No. You're obsessed with brushing your teeth. You just brush your teeth twice a day. Okay, so is tracking your food obsessive? Well, it's not obsessive. It depends on how you look at it. And for people who have got eating disorders and stuff like that, it's different. There's a different relationship with these things, and they gotta be gotta be very careful in regards to that. And the one-to-one help is very important. But we attach the label of obsessive to some things, and then other things not. And that's usually down to the society and the conditioning of society as it is today. Right now, everything's bad on the internet. You can't say anything. You every, every, everything is offensive and. Um, I actually, as fun a story, I was doing this and been doing this marketing course, uh, not marketing course, how to basically building an influencer marketing course alongside some of the top tech educational entrepreneurs in America who who founded Udemy and stuff like that, building it with them. And we came across a discussion, um, and I'm going off a tangent here, it's got nothing to do with macros, but we came to a discussion of like, do they said, Scott, do you do anything like quirky or weird with your community? I said, well, I wouldn't say it's weird or quirky, but what I do is, like, I do daily voice notes. And I remember, like, you know, I try and give them a name, really. So some, you know, octagoons I had for the octagon challenge. And I remember, and I said for the Christmas challenge, I called them crackers. And she had a shock. This girl had a shock in her face. She was like a CEO of this, like, big educational platform in Canada. And she had a shock. Like, what? You can't say crackers. I said, why? Why not? Is, is that offensive? Because yeah, very offensive in America. Because it's about like slaves. I said, oh really? I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't even know. Like I wasn't aware. What I mean is Christmas crackers. You know, like in the UK we have Christmas crackers. Everybody knew what I was on about. Um, but I take it on board. She goes, well, you can't say Christmas. I said, why can't I say Christmas? She goes, well, not everybody celebrates Christmas. I was like, oh my days. Obviously, not everybody celebrates Christmas. But we all know what Christmas is, and we can, if we use, if we're just a bit rational, step back a bit. I'm not saying don't celebrate, and I'm not saying you all have to celebrate Christmas. I'm saying in the UK, where the country, the country of Wales, England, and Ireland, Scotland, Christmas has been the main celebration, and that's what we've been conditioned to celebrate. I'm not trying to be offensive with it. And she's like, just kept going on and on. I was like, God, anything you say these days is is basically offensive, and even if it comes from a place where it's not offensive, and I think everybody should be more aware of what is offensive. But you have to understand where things are coming from. Do you know what I mean? Like, where's was me saying Christmas crackers trying to be offensive? Or was it just me trying to make us crack a smile in people's faces in the morning when Christmas that year is shit because COVID? Like, what really is the most important thing? Yeah, me trying to put a smile on people's face or me saying Christmas when I should have said holiday crackers instead, right? Massive tangent, but basically, if you, like... The world today on Instagram, if you follow social media, they will make you think everything's offensive. They'll make you think that, um, like, everything to do with nutrition is bad. That's the worst thing now, that anything to do with weight loss is terrible. You're losing weight. You should never lose weight. You should intuitively eat. You should never do that to your body. It's terrible. And this really filtering through, like, and for good and for bad, some, you know, fitness industry 15 years ago was all about being shredded and all that stuff. And now it's all about, like, not even bothering to lose weight and stuff because it's really bad so you have to be very very aware of where you're spending your time on social media who you're listening to what you're reading because if you are reading these things you're going to start feeling really bad but the fact that you're just tracking what you eat you're tracking what goes into your body 
will they'll start making it out that it's obsessive and terrible for you and you'll feel worse by the fact that they think that than the actual benefits of tracking which is the sad thing right um so this is all for you to be aware of you have to be very self-aware of the conditioning you're under to really understand okay maybe tracking isn't for me but is it is it not for me because i don't think that it's good for me and personally I'm feeling the pressure from it. I've got a bad relationship with food and I got a past eating disorder. That's fine. But if you're thinking, oh, tracking's really bad because it's on social media, got 10,000 likes and it's really bad and they raise a valid point, but really, I don't know. And then you then you start feeling bad about it. That's not the right reasons. Um, so I'll leave you on that, guys. Hope you enjoyed the little ramble at the end. But have a good day. Remember, one day at a time, please. Um, Steve, shout out to you if you're listening. Steve did a post saying he'd been struggling a few months trying to get back into it, but the the only advice I've got is to take things one day at a time, is to not overwhelm yourself. I know you're very busy with business and work, work and you're pushing the boundaries in your jobs and stuff, in the, in the work you do, and you do an amazing job with that. So it is hard to, like, you know, take things one day at a time when we've got all that stuff we're trying to do. But when it comes to nutrition and training, all we can do is one day at a time. What am I working out today? Am I doing a workout, yes or no? Okay, am I doing my steps? Yes. Am I tracking what I eat? Yes. Am I drinking water? Yes. That's it. That's all I want you to focus on. Um, and really narrow it down to your one big thing and you will be fine. I'll speak to you tomorrow. And that's it. Thank you for listening to the One Day at a Time podcast with your host, Goffleer. Hopefully you understood something I said. I hope that some wisdom kind of distilled through into your mind. And I want you to now action it today. I don't want you to think about tomorrow. I don't want you to think about yesterday. I don't want you to think about leaving a review on this podcast. I don't want you to think about going to another website. What I want you to do is as soon as this podcast ends, you will take action and make the most of today. Ground yourself today. Follow the one day at a time philosophy and your life will change.